Hi, and welcome to a very special edition of this California Breastfeeding Summit Lactation Training Lab podcast mix. I'm coming to you this morning uh, because this week is the California Breastfeeding Summit. And so right now I am recording both a podcast episode and a, there'll be a video that attendees of the summit can see as well. So please excuse my uh, headset and everything. I It's really hard for me to record without it. So I know it looks a little funky, but that's me. I'm Christine. Uh, I am an IBCLC. I live in Bakersfield, California, and I have attended most, a majority of the California breastfeeding summits that have happened over the past 11 years. And I'm so excited because this week is really such an important week every single year for me and for hundreds, literally hundreds of other people in California who provide lactation care for birth workers, for people who supervise those people, for people who are decision makers for those of us who work in that space. So it's a really important time that normally we come together. And of course, this year we're not together. So the summit is virtual this year. And for a lot of us, we were reminiscing yesterday in the meet and greet that last year's summit was for many of us the last live in-person lactation event that we attended before the pandemic closed us down. So it's a little bittersweet but it's also great to be able to see everybody, to talk to everybody, to reconnect with everybody in the state, just like every year when we come back together. And, you know, as part of the Lactation Training Lab podcast, one of the things we talk about a lot is advocacy. And I think that my trajectory of advocacy would not be the same without what I have learned and what I have observed and what I've had been, you know, been able to experience through the California Breastfeeding Summit. So I came on here today because I wanted to talk a little bit about the things that I do and the things that I offer. One of the special things that I'm offering right now is for summit attendees, a coupon code for the first 100 hours masterclass. So I wanted us to spend just a little bit of time talking about what that is, how it can help you, how it can help your staff, if that's kind of where you are in your career. And I, there's, there's so much about it. I mean, I could go on forever and ever, but I'm going to make this sort of a brief video um, for those of you who can see it. And those of you who are listening to the audio through the podcast, don't worry, you can hear me and I'm not going to show anything um, other than some pretty stuff that you can, uh, that you would be able to see, but it's nothing that you're going to be missing out on um, just because you can't see this video. So one moment while I get this started. And then I am going to turn off this video and get the slideshow going. So now we're looking just at the logo for the Lactation Training Lab, which is uh, an organization that I created. It's a business. Um, so it's a for-profit uh, organization, which I created as an umbrella to be able to provide trainings, resources, connections, mindset shifts, the types of things that I feel like people really need in order to make progress in their career and in order to move forward. Because this, this work that we do as lactation care providers, it isn't just about courses and certifications. It's really about what we learn along the way and how we treat people. So as we work to become better counselors, as we work to expand and improve our worldview, a lot of things come into focus that are not necessarily things you can cover in a training or 
excuse me, or a course right from the beginning, but we do need to organize and be intentional about how we approach those things as we move forward. So that is the real purpose of the lactation training lab is to have a space where trainings and resources can really be brought forward to be able to share and help everyone feel like they have the opportunity to become a better lactation care provider. Now, there are multiple offerings through the Lactation Training Lab, and many of them are free. I offer a lot of free downloadable guides and resources that anybody can download from my website. I also, um, of course, have this podcast, which is a free resource where people can learn and get information and, and hear about my opinions and my perspectives, whether they agree or disagree. And you're welcome to do that. <laughs> I do welcome feedback. Um, and then I offer some paid opportunities as well. And one of those paid opportunities is the first 100 hours masterclass, which we'll talk about here. So I appreciate the opportunity to share this information with you. I promise to make it brief and a little bit uh, really quick bio. This is me. I am an IBCLC, a childbirth educator. I live in practice in Bakersfield, which is the unceded lands of the indigenous Yokut tribe. I like to acknowledge that because I feel it's a very important part of what we do and how we move forward um, in, a, in the right way with our work and with the way that we live and reside on lands that were never actually given to us that we took. And I operate the Lactation Training Lab as well as I am the director of Baby Cafe Bakersfield, which um, was the first licensed baby cafe in California and um, very soon will not be the only. I can't talk more about that at the moment, but uh, lots of questions and feedback about Baby Cafe. If you are interested, please um, get in touch. I am the regional coordinator for Baby Cafe USA in California. So if you have questions or, or are wondering about how to start a licensed Baby Cafe yourself, please do contact me. I'd love to hear from you. So this really speaks to, um, this slide here speaks to why I started the first 100 hours. So. What, what it says here on the slide, for those of you who can't see it, my journey to IBCLC started when I attended a hospital-based breastfeeding support group when my babies were young. The IBCLC who led the group lit a spark for me that has burned ever since. I have a passion for finding strategies to create supported lactation experiences for families. And I do still see families and, and babies every week. I am still working um, in practice and I, I have a private practice as well as working through baby cafe so I'm you know definitely in the world here and then I also found that I have a real passion for helping lactation care providers find their own ways and you know use strategies to feel like they're doing a good job that they're feeling confident that they're feeling organized about the work that they do because I understand because I've been in it um, it's just one of these fields I mean you know things get really confusing. Sometimes we spend more time trying to talk to people about why breastfeeding is important than we have time left to explain to them how to do it. So there's just so much that we have to know and that we have to do. And sometimes I feel like lactation care providers on the whole are really passionate people who spend a lot of their off time seeking support, seeking resources so that they don't burn out, so that things can get easier for us. And that's what I focus on a lot now these days, finding these strategies and resources and, and creating things that aren't there. I don't 
invent wheels, I, um, I love to promote other people's wheels that they have already invented. And then when I find a gap, I like to create something. And the first 100 hours is really one of those things. So as I was working in the hospital, the first 10 years of my career in lactation, uh, well, not the first 10 years, but um, early on, began working in a hospital. And my hospital-based experiences were very eye-opening. The hospital where I worked first, as well as the second hospital where I worked, were both on the journey to baby-friendly when I was there. So as part of that building to baby-friendly journey from day one all the way through designation. So I've seen this from the inside out. And one of the things that, that came forward for me was there are so many things that we learn as part of that process that are far beyond the clinical parts as a lactation team that was supporting the rest of the hospital staff to adopt and implement baby-friendly practices, sometimes things would get really bulky and confusing. And I had an experience with a family that led me to create this strategy, which is completely intertwined in everything that we know and everything that works um, for a baby-friendly strategy. So when I when I was uh, working with this family, basically the, I'll summarize this story really quickly. I was pretty much working with a person who was barely beyond 48 hours postpartum, who had preterm twins in the NICU, and she was receiving ultimatums from a neonatologist that if she didn't bring him some milk, he was going to give her baby's formula. And there's a lot more, there are a lot of layers to this story, but I can tell you this. I can tell you this was a person who was pumping um, completely within the protocols that she had been given. She had been started with a pump immediately after the baby's birth. She was doing everything she had been taught, everything that needed to happen. She was following all the protocols. She was completely 100% compliant. And she was also 100% healthy. Um, and when I had this encounter with her, the anger and the, the resentment and the fury and the frustration really made me sit down the next day and think, what did we do wrong here? What is happening that she received all this great information, great support to get started, to make sure everything was working really well. How did this blow up? How did this fire start? And what I started to realize was that we had things a little bit too complicated for not just the parents, not just the staff, but even for the physicians who were there. We really had things really bound up. And those things also were bound up in cultural beliefs and misperceptions about how lactation actually works. And so I really wanted to go back to the beginning and start from scratch. And that's what the first 100 hours truly is. It's a very simplified way to ensure that we're focusing on the right things during that early postpartum time. So focusing, simplifying, clarifying. That's what we're doing through the first 100 hour strategy. Even when there's, you know, a big birth story with lots of things happening, a long medical history, a complex social structure for the family, the fundamental importance of the optimal practices around early initiation of lactation, that doesn't change. We still have to focus on the same things. We still have to be looking at 
keeping baby's skin to skin, latching frequently, hand expressing when babies won't latch, teaching hand expression to everyone so that they have that skill and can control what's happening with their body. And, you know, going back to how complicated things had become, what I knew deep down was that effective early lactation care requires the ability to remain focused. So what you can affect in the moment is really a function of your critical clinical skills. It really has to do with what you are able to implement in the moment and not looking forward too much when you're helping, but looking forward enough to make sure that families are set up with the next steps of help that they're going to need. So we are so often told by parents and families, you know, in my work, many families who see me tell me that they were not taught this and they were not taught that, that nobody showed them how to hand express their milk, or they were told that maybe they should try pumping if they were worried about their baby, but nobody really taught them how to do that. So they're sort of winging it. There's, you know, a lot of ethical questions for me around the the concept of sending families home with babies who are dependent on formula without, because formula is a commodity, it costs money to get that. And if we're not giving them a guarantee that they're going to be able to continue to access it for as long as they need it, then how are we sending them home dependent on that rather than sending them home with the skills to feed their own babies? I mean, that's really food security is being able to feed your baby from your body. And creating dependence on formula, which is unfortunately what we see from the, the data, uh, you know, if if we've got all these numbers of babies being sent home from the hospital, having already had formula within the first 48 hours of birth, that does not make any sense. That does not square well. It does not make sense that most babies would need formula during that time frame, even when they're born in hospitals. There had to be something missing, and it really is those critical clinical skills. Helping staff and everybody around to understand that it really is that simple. It really is about making sure that we're teaching latch, that we're positioning babies right, that we're teaching hand expression, and then watching and getting teach back from parents, that we are teaching things about how to manage and prevent engorgement. Without those critical skills, parents are going home into a world of they don't know what. They don't even know what to expect. And and they certainly aren't going to know how to handle it. So we know how important it is to help people initiate lactation well and thoroughly from the beginning. We've known this for a long time. There's tons of evidence. We don't have to even think about that part of it. This is really uh, an implementation strategy for the baby-friendly practices. That's kind of the way that I, I think about it. And this is not in any way affiliated with baby-friendly. I do want to make sure that I make that disclaimer. There's nothing about this that is connected to that. But I want you to know that if you're on a baby-friendly journey, if you're working to you know follow that model, this is completely going to fit into what you do. So we just want to think about using our capacity to help to focus on the right things during the first 100 hours of a baby's life so that we can help get things set up for the next part. And really that's all it's about. And the basic fundamental um, purpose of the first 100 hours concept is that within those first 100 hours, 
we can reasonably expect, according to the science, for uh, birth and lactating parents to go through a specific trajectory of how milk is being produced. We can look at that and say, this is what we expect to happen. This is the average. This is what exactly what we expect to happen. To leave behind the concept of, oh, you get milk on the third day. Your milk comes in on the third day. Leaving behind confusing things like that and really thinking about how many hours has it been since a baby is born. And that was part of that story that led me to develop this. Because those babies, they were born on Thursday night. And when I was talking to this mother, it was Saturday afternoon. So we were right around hitting 48 hours because they were born, when I say Thursday night, I mean around five o'clock and it was three o'clock in the afternoon. So we're talking 48 hours, but everybody was saying that day to her, you should have milk. It's the third day. What's wrong here? What does the third day have nothing to do with it? How is that? That doesn't make any sense to me. It has never made any sense to me that um, we, we count things that way. It just count by hours. Everything else we do in healthcare, in medical profession, in wellness, we count scientifically. We don't count by it's the third day. We count things, we measure things specifically. So that's a really important part, you know, we know that from the science, we know from the research that for most people, the increase of milk production begins around 30 to 40 hours postpartum. So we can extrapolate that for many people who have birth interventions that might cause delays. Those delays are going to happen beyond 40 hours. But we also know, those of us who have worked in hospitals, that for most people, by 96 hours, there is more copious milk production. So we can reasonably say that within the first 100 hours, most people are going to have copious milk production. That's the, the core of the first 100 hours. So it's about what needs to be happening during those first 100 hours to prevent poor outcomes. And then being able to use that exact same framework as a screening strategy when we see families whose babies have come beyond the first 100 hours, especially during the first month or so of life. So if we have this screening process that we use to find out what happened during the first 100 hours, where are the gaps? What was missed? What do we need to fill in here? And have the opportunity to be able to fill those things in during those first early weeks of milk production and of babies establishing how they feed when they are at the body. So it's really a, a great way of being able to look through a very specific lens that stays very focused in the beginning and then allows us to look backwards to see what else needs to be done once we've passed that very critical first few days of life. So in, in summary, the last thing I really want to say about it is that this strategy has a lot of potential to really change how lactation staffs are, are created and supported in hospital um, settings. Because if it's incorporated into, uh, you know, an initial 45-hour training course, then it's already in there. For anybody who comes out of a course like that with a title, a lactation education specialist, a lactation counselor, a lactation educator, being somebody who has taken a 45-hour course, which includes this strategy, they're ready to go. 
these are people who have already been trained in how lactation works in general, plus exactly what to do in a hospital setting, in an immediate post-birth setting to help with the initiation of early lactation. So these are people with this training who can absolutely be put to work in hospitals. There is no reason that hospitals are not utilizing these trained folks for this type of work. And IBCLC, of course, is qualified to do that work. But if your hospital has one IBCLC, how is that one person going to do it? Let's expand. Let's make sure that our staffs are big enough to be able to support exactly what our, our um, population, our patient population needs. So there's the ability for your IBCLC to be the specialist, to be the consultant who sees the really complex cases, who is seeing preterm parents who are beyond this time frame, who are seeing an issue with milk production, to see people who have had babies um, but have medical conditions, to see people with actual risk factors for low milk production. So that's really the, the potential for this, is to be able to A, get a lot of people who have training to work. Let's get them to work, to paid employment, to be compensated while they're on the road, if that's what they intend to pursue, to becoming IBCLCs. And at the same time, let's let IBCLCs do what they're trained to do, which is see higher risk populations. This is a way that hospitals can really truly utilize people and the training that they have in an appropriate way. So if you know we're talking about people who need this training on top of other training, great. This is a great way to do it. This type of training really is there for everybody. It's, it's for people who intend to work in hospitals and people who intend to work outside. Because if you work in a community clinic, if you work in a place where people are going to show up with their four-day-old baby, their 10-day-old baby, their 21-day-old baby who potentially has a problem, who you're going to weigh and find out isn't gaining weight, or who are going to come in and tell you that they're exclusively pumping, but it's not working. They're having pain. They're not able to produce all the milk their babies need. These are the types of situations where, especially when you're seeing them during that first month, you really do need to know what happened during the first 100 hours. You need to be able to do that kind of a screening. And that's what the first 100 hours masterclass really provides. So more information, uh, more summaries are available on my website. You can visit lactationtraininglab.com. It's also under my name. You can visit christinesterica.com and you can there download free resources about many different things. You can get more information about the first 100 hours masterclass and you can certainly contact me through my website. Uh, reach out to me on social media come uh, see my virtual booth. If you're at the California Breastfeeding Summit virtually, come virtually visit me at the virtual booth. <laughs> I would love to meet you and talk to you about how the first 100 hours masterclass can help you, how it can help your staff um, or your colleagues. I would really love to talk to you about it. I created it because I wanted people to know about it. And so that's why I'm talking about it today. And I thank you for this opportunity to share with you. And I look forward to your feedback. Everybody who's at the summit. Please enjoy yourselves. It's such a great time of the year. And I'll be back with uh, more as the week goes on. So uh, thanks for being here. And uh, 
I appreciate your being here. I hope that if you don't already, that you'll subscribe to the Lactation Training Lab podcast. It's available on all podcast apps, and it's also available right from my website if you prefer to listen to it that way. And transcripts are currently being made available for those who don't care to listen, but who prefer to read the transcript. So I will see you soon. Have a great day. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye for now.